Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday, and welcome back for a little bit. Yeah. Happy Saturday, Dan. I'm feeling a little better. Yeah. Finally. Good, good to have you back. You'll be leaving, though. I know. I feel like I'm coming back for two weeks, and then it's like, really, I'm saying goodbye for like three months. <laughs> yeah. So next week, that'll be your last one for a while, unless yeah. you check in here and there. But we'll have you have more time to give your big adios to the people, right? Yes. That's next week, though. Yeah. This week... We just got to hit the ground running because we've got a lot of stuff to cram into a very small package. Sounds like me. A lot of amazing things crammed into a small, (laughs) tiny package. I need to be lifted up to get into high places. Anyway, on the show today, we're going to be talking about a curb appeal project. You know, something to really take the exterior of your home to another level. And it's simple. Yes, it's very easy. Compared to other projects. Right. All of that. We'll also be, I'll be in the studio with Zach Krieger from Ayers Basement Systems talking about damp basements, crawl spaces. Zach's got some stories. Yeah, some real life stories, situations that were really extreme. Yeah, really extreme. And then the solutions that followed. Uh, You're going to want to tune into that. That's coming up in a little bit. But right now, let's talk about something that you kind of ran into. To at home, and I guess I'll set you up, Haley. <laughs> we always in the store and on the radio and yeah. everywhere at Repcolite recommend two coats of paint. Yes. Right, two no coats of what. paint. It's going to get you your best finish. We're never going to be a paint company that has a slogan that says one coat is recommended. Right now, you may be able to get by with it, but it's not the recommended way. But you know what? We're people too. Yeah. And when we're working, <laughs> I know what that feels like. And you just kind of had that, and you're oh, kind of reaping some of the rewards or the negatives. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm remembering why I always tell people to do two coats. And I totally get why you only want to do one coat. I absolutely understand it. Like, I'm a human too, but in the store I would always, you know, get frustrated that people have this idea that they can just do one coat of paint because you should always do two, and we'll get into why that is. But yes, I was painting. I thought I could get away with one coat. Because it looked good. Yeah, it you looked got done good with enough. That coat. And I was like, awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm so ready. I'm just going to put it away. It's done. I'm just doing one coat. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's not fine. <laughs> you're, you told me you're looking at it uh, the other day or something, uh, different lighting or whatever. And it's been a while since you painted it. It's been a while. It, and and it's seen... just all these things catch my eye now. You know, I've been in the room for months and every day it feels like I'm seeing a new little spot where it's like, oh, like it didn't fully cover there like I thought it did. Or like, oh, I can see the brushstroke in this corner. And it's just not as good as it could be. And it's definitely not as good as the rooms where I did do two coats. And that's why we recommend two coats. It's not just to sell more paint. Right. right? That's not really the point. And in fact, a lot of times you've already bought the paint. Yeah. It's just Putting it on. It's not going to benefit Repcolite whether you put two coats on or not. It's just going to give you a better job and mm-hmm. it's going to look better. It's going to function better. So that's what we want to talk about. If we've got four reasons and a fifth one if we can sneak it in. Yeah. We'll see once if we've got time. Four reasons to always do that second coat. The first one is what we just talked about. The first coat might not look as good as you think it looks. Right. You know, lighting. Lighting in a situation when you're working might make it look one way, yeah. but when you see it in full daylight or something, you might see a lot of issues that would have been covered by that second coat. Well, and wet hide and dry hide is not something we talk about a lot, but it is very different. Things can look like they're covering really well when you're painting it on and the paint is still wet. 
once it dries, that hide can actually look much different. And right. we don't always realize that. Right. And that can go either way. Yep. It can look worse and dry better. Right. But it's not necessarily the same. What you're looking at wet is not necessarily what you're going to have when it's dry. Exactly. So first coat might not look as good as you think. The second reason to always do two coats is two coats gives better results. And not just visually. You know, you're going to get that, a, a, a better look. Yeah. But you're going to get a truer representation of your color. Yes. And more importantly, maybe not more importantly, but equally as important, you're yeah. going to get better durability and washability with two coats. Exactly. You've got like all these little micro holes, essentially, when you only have one coat on that wall. So failures can happen much more easily um, when it comes to durability when you only have that one coat. Now, a third reason to do two coats, and I really like this one because it speaks to me. <laughs> it's more convenient to do it now. You know, you're of course that's with your that. favorite. You've got all the furniture moved. Let's yeah. say. You've got your drop cloths down. You've got your tape applied. You know, you've the done all of that. Out. The paint is out. Your tools are out. Yeah. Everything is ready to go. If you put it all away and find out you need to put another coat on. Now it's like a whole new job all over right, again. Right now, you're, you know, just take a break for a few hours and yeah. let the paint dry. Put a damp towel over your tray. Put it in a place where the kids or the dog isn't going to get it. The brush, a baggie or something. And then come back when you can put that second coat on way faster. Yes. All right. More convenient to do it now. The fourth one, second coats are way faster. This is right along Mm -hmm. the lines of the convenient. But just putting a second coat on is so much faster. The first coat, you do all the cut in. You do all that prep work ahead of time. Then the cut in around the edges and everything. Well, we tend to go a little bit thicker with the first coat, you know, whether that's good or bad. But that's our tendency is to put a little bit more paint on the wall that first coat. You really don't have to put as much paint on the wall during that second coat because it's probably covered fairly well with the first. Right. You don't have to recut everything in. You're Mm -hmm. just rolling up to that. You're not putting as much paint on. And Haley, actually, we're going to be able to get to that fifth one because you kind of just tipped it right there. The bonus reason for doing that second coat is it's going to help you put paint on in the right way. If you're trying to make one coat hide and cover, you're going to really push that coat and put too much paint on Mm -hmm. and you can have a problem with that. That's when you start getting sagging and drips and you end up with a finish that does not look good. Just plan on a second coat right from the get go. You're going to have better results. All right. That's all the time we've got for that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'll be in the studio with Zach Krager from Ayers Basement Systems talking about damp basements, crawl spaces, and the fixes. That's all just ahead. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And right now, I am in the studio, not with Haley, but with Zach Krager from Ayers Basement Systems. Zach? Thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, we have talked with you on the phone multiple times, but I've never met you in person, so this is pretty exciting. I was pretty uh, pretty amped to come here, and like I said, you sound exactly like you do on the radio. Yeah, Zach walks in, and I greeted him at the door, and you paused for a second, and I thought, I don't know what's going on, but there's just this frozen moment. Later, I find out, yeah, that's what's going through your head. (laughs) Sounds just the same. Exactly. Anyway, what we're going to talk about right now are damp basements, and and moisture problems and all kinds of things like that. Ayers does, I mean, you guys solve so many different problems. And we're going to kind of uncover so many of the things that you do in the course of this conversation that we have. But I want to start with the whole damp basement thing because it was a problem I had uh, years back at the first house that we had. And it drove me nuts every time we'd have rain, you know, significant rain. I would start to get real antsy. You know, I'd get up in the middle of the night. I'd get up at two in the morning to check the basement. Do I have water coming in? Do I have to start getting my 
uh, shop vac going because I didn't have a sump pump or something like that. It just really, I love that house, but that part of life was pretty miserable. And then once we'd get water, then I got to deal with the the smells and all of that of, you know, the musty smells of the basement for an extended period of time. Anyway, I know that you guys can solve problems like that and that there's a million different ways to do that. And that's what we've talked about in the past. What I'd like to do in this particular conversation is focus more on some, I guess I'd call them success stories, things that you've seen from your customers, problems that they've had, what you guys have done to fix it, how, how the fix has played out in that family's life or whatever. You know, it's got to really make a big impact. And I think by doing that, people are going to catch, you know, they're going to find where they fit in, the, in all of those stories because we probably all have something going on or know somebody. So why don't we just run with it, Zach? And maybe let's start with some of the smaller things or let's start with basements and just see where it goes. Yeah, and you led right into where I want to go with this because I want to tell a couple of real-life examples um, from customers that we actually helped. So we had a customer in Granville uh, that had a basement wall repaired that it was repaired years ago um, but it started leaking again recently and we frequently talk to homeowners just like yourself uh, or this gentleman who basically try to do it themselves right they see the problem what do they do they hop on their phone they go to YouTube they try to figure out exactly what's causing the problem why is this happening to me they're dealing with uh, family heirlooms or things that are down in the basement they're kind of freaking out a little bit, right? And they, they don't know who to turn to. And so um, a typical contractor or a handyman that, that doesn't specifically specialize in this type of work um, really don't know the answer either. And so they, over the years, they've, you know, they've come up with different types of strategies and, and uh, what I'm going to call Band-Aid type fixes for do-it-yourselfers. Um, but they're not permanent solutions. And that's something that we take a lot of pride in. So this gentleman uh, ended up calling us. He said, you know what? I "Quote unquote," fixed this so problem years ago. What was happening? He had a well. He had a he had a leaking foundation, but it actually started to cause a bowed wall. As okay, well. so the walls bowing in. The, the block wall was starting to bow in. A um, little scary. Exactly, and started to form some cracks in the the cinder blocks. And then he also noticed at the bottom of the wall that the the water was starting to come in. And so, um, in his mind, you know, years ago he had remedied uh, this problem. He had fixed it and taken care of it. Well, you get like five or six kids and you lean them against the wall. <laughs> and you just say, guys, we're going to rotate. You keep the wall. Yeah, his uh, his particular solution involved a lot of different lumber and some different metal materials. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting. So a huge believe. framework he creates to hold the wall in place. But exactly. that doesn't stop anything. The moisture keeps coming. Well, and so, you know, to his uh, – well, let's give him a little credit. He did – he did uh, – he didn't – make the problem worse. Let's put it that way. But it didn't solve it permanently. So when these things started to creep back into his life, I think he realized it was time to call up a contractor that specializes in this work. And so he basically, he gave us a call. Um, One of the things that we take a lot of pride in at Ayers is making sure we do a full investigation, uh, number one, by sitting down with the homeowner and just trying to figure out what have you been experiencing, right? So we learned about his DIY fix. Uh, We learned about all the different issues that he had been experiencing from the time that he installed that up until present day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to learn more about, you know, what was causing, what was the pain point, and why did he want to fix it now? And ultimately, you know, showed him what route we would take to permanently solve that problem. So, um, we engaged in that conversation. We did our inspection. Uh, we took a, a look around the basement, and ultimately uh, showed him how to permanently stabilize not only that wall, but he actually had three other walls 
that were experiencing the exact same problem. He just hadn't noticed those yet? Well, he hadn't noticed it. Um, he didn't have the professional equipment to really measure that properly. Uh, and he also didn't notice that he had water in other spaces because belongings were covering that up. He had some significant... That's the worst, Zach. It's yes. the It's the hidden water underneath all of the stuff that I've collected and shoved to the corners because I thought that's where it was safe. Well, you also mentioned the smell, right? You, I'm not a big got, fan uh, of that. You've got that uh, that damp, nasty odor coming up, which is really being caused by rotting organic materials. And so when we started to connect the dots with this gentleman, I think uh, you could really see the, the relief on his face that he was dealing with a contractor that knew what they were talking about sure. and really had... Uh, you know, his interest at heart and making sure we could solve it for him. So what did you end up doing? Because well, that seems so major. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So we have a couple different uh, products for wall stabilization, um, anything from carbon fiber strapping all the way to uh, steel products that are engineered specifically for those types of applications. The other thing that we um, actually have some patented products on for interior basement waterproofing where, you know, we're doing some trenching, we're removing some concrete, we're installing the system, and then we're leaving that to a, a sump pump to really capture that water and mechanically evacuate it from the home. Um, this is just one of those things where if you do it incorrectly, you can actually cause more structural damage. And so, um, like I said, luckily for this guy, he didn't cause any additional harm to his home, but he certainly didn't fix it. Um, and he wanted to move on. He wanted to leave the home in a place where when his family inherited that from him, he wanted the peace of mind that they they weren't going to have to inherit those problems with the home. And so understanding that a lot of these houses are multi-generational, right? Whether it's a home or a cabin or whatever, you want to hand something off. You want to do it not in disrepair or disarray. You want it to be fixed and, and sound. And so we gave him that. Depends uh, on how my kids treat me. But yes, <laughs> you know, generally at this point, I would like to hand it on in good shape. Now you're starting to sound a little like my dad. <laughs> yeah, if they cross some lines... Then I'm going to have some sneaky stuff that I'm going to just hand off to them 100%. later. Yeah, yeah, I get you. So by the end of it, um, after we showed him our full solution, uh, he literally thanked us. He said, you know, I, I've really had uh, some late nights thinking about this. Uh, well, that's I, scary stuff with the walls bowing in like that. I mean, you don't imagine that's going to just swing back into good condition on its own. It's only going to get worse and worse. Yeah. And, and I think, it's uh, hard, to, hard to live like that. I think people, for the most part... Um, because these are surprises, they don't exactly have a, a basement waterproofing bank account or a foundation repair bank account that they're, you know, that they're saving for a, a quote unquote rainy day, right? right. So um, people are emotional. A lot of times they're they're distraught. Again, they don't know who to turn to or who to trust, and so that's where we come in. We want to be, you know, the contractor of choice that can really educate you, advise you, and partner with you to show you. What's the best solution, and how can we do this at a budget that you can afford? Well, that's that's something else. Because, yes, I know the, the emotional side of things when the water's coming in, when things like that are happening, it, it, it's it absolutely terrifying. Because you're imagining amazing, huge dollar signs. And I'm sure that the reality, I'm not sure, but oftentimes for me, the reality is far less than what I've imagined in my head. So it's good to have those conversations and at least find out where you're at and get things moving that's forward. My, that's always been our mindset at Ayers is that um, we're never going to come in and sell you something that you don't need. And so people can kind of have that relief that all we're going to do is show you how to fix it, right? And even if we're not the, even if you decide that we're not the right company to partner with, at least you know exactly what's causing the problem 
exactly how we should fix it and exactly what it'll cost. And I think at the end of the day, um, having that education will lead you to making a good decision later on. And that's what that's the peace of mind that we want to give you. All right. So I like that one. That one's a good story, Zach. You get an A for that one. What's the next one that you've got? All right. So this one, uh, this one actually involves um, another basement that had some water issues, but it also involves a nasty crawl space. And both of them um, really were damaged by water. At the end of the day, they had some water intrusion. And so um, we were called out to kind of assess both situations. Um, this particular person had uh, about six inches of water in their basement. They had about four inches of water in their crawl space. And the first thing that the customer said was, hey, I'm noticing structural damage on my first floor, and I think it might be I think it might be being caused by this wet crawl space that I'm encountering. So they showed us some sagging and sloping floors. Uh, mm-hmm. And they actually took a um, I don't remember if it was a marble, it was some type of small, I think it was a ball. They dropped it on the floor and the ball literally ran down the hill to the belly and then kind of just swaying oh, back and forth. And um that's very common, you know. People that uh, that have cabins that were built in the early 1900s, and even people that live in um, old farmhouses, even some newer newer builds by contractors that may have used inferior products, can experience problems like this. So, getting back into what we do, right? What caused the water? It's just well, uh, there's a there's a, a term called hydrostatic pressure. Okay, and so what that means is um, when your home is being built. Basically, think of a, a big excavator coming in and moving all the earth, digging a giant hole, right? They lay the, the what they call the footing down first. That's the concrete that's going to be load-bearing for your walls. They erect the walls, whether they use cinder blocks or uh, poured forms. And then they start to build the home on top of that, and they lay the slab. Uh, most crawl spaces are open dirt, so they don't have a slab. Well, needless to say, it starts raining. All of that water starts to um, really penetrate that loose soil. That they put back around your home. Okay. All that water starts to build. You know, think of columns of water building. And um, I don't know what kind of basement uh, as far as block wall or, or poured walls, but typically you'll see a little white, um, almost like a furry substance. Efflorescence. That's exactly right. And good pronunciation, by the way. Yeah, I'm pretty smart, Zach. <laughs> How I roll. Exactly. So <laughs> with the efflorescence, this this furry stuff will start to grow on the uh, the concrete. And really what's happening, it's not growing, right? Water's penetrating through that uh, the concrete. It's leaving behind the minerals yeah. after it evaporates, and you get left with that little furry stuff. So, um, you know, you see this stuff growing on the walls. You you start to look around, and you notice that the water's coming in at the, the cold joint where the slab and the walls come together. And boom, you know, hydro, hydrostatic pressure is is doing its thing. All right. So, um, so that went to town on this particular house. And well, they got yeah. six inches of water in the basement, four inches of water in the crawl space. It's actually causing floors above to start to sag. It's exactly. a really bad situation. We're going to have to pause on that moment and come back and solve the problem on the other side of the break. Does that work for you, Zach? Let's do it. All right. So, for the Grand Rapids listeners, we're going to take a break, and you're going to get news and weather at the bottom of the hour, and then we'll be back with Zach. For the Detroit listeners, you're going to get a Repco Light Rewind, and then after that, we'll be back with Zach. Either way, we'll all get back together and solve this terrible problem, right? You have a solution for it. I absolutely do. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's good. Then we'll have you back, and we'll talk about it. That's all coming up in just a bit. Stay tuned. 
And we're back. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. I'm Dan Hansen, and I'm in the studio with Zach Krager from Ayers Basement Systems. Zach, thanks for hanging with us over the break. So blessed to be here. Thank you yeah, for having yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy to have you. And we were talking in the last segment, and I had to kind of stop you and, and put pause on so we could take a break and then come back here and get the answer. Now, what we were doing is you had set up a problem that a customer of yours had dealt with, and I'll try to recap as quickly as possible so you can get to the solution. They had contacted you. They had six inches of water or so in their basement. They had about four inches or so in the crawl space. So a lot of water, a lot of, a lot of that going on. And they were actually noticing structural damage upstairs. They had a floor where you said they could put a marble on the floor and it rolled to the little belly of the dip and kind of hang out there for a while because things had just settled bad. like that. It was pretty bad. All right. So that sounds absolutely terrifying. And it makes me rethink all of the times I've moaned and wrung my hands over my wet basement. Sure. Even what I started this whole segment with, you know, last last segment, I started that with my problem. What my problem really was, was water that ended up around the edges of the room. Mm. So my problem was so insignificant compared to what this person is dealing with. Sure. I would have figured the house was just toast at that point. Moving, nothing can be done. How in the world do you fix something that profound? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's a multi-step process to really understand what's causing the issue in the first place. Most people will jump to, all right, I got to fix the the wood beams, the joists, everything that's sure. causing the floor to sag. And we want to back up for just a second so that we can really understand, okay, what's causing this to begin with? So this always starts with a, a thorough inspection and really sitting down with the customer to understand what have they been experiencing over the last year? You know, how long have they owned the home? What have they noticed going wrong? Um, so we can get our bearings on where we should go with the appointment and really what we should be looking for. Then we start the inspection and we really start from the ground up, literally uh, taking a look at how the home was constructed. What types of walls are we dealing with? How thick is the floor? Is there an existing uh, system of any kind that we should be cognizant of that we may have to work with or not? Um, and so that's where, you know, leading us back to the uh, the SAC floors, really the main culprit of that to begin with was the water problem. Sure. Uh, you've got standing water, stagnant water sitting there for a period of could have been up to 10 years at that time. Oh, really? It's just there. It's just there. And the customer had no idea how to deal with it. Quite frankly, they didn't want to be in the crawl space because you mentioned it it's earlier. It's very wet. It's yeah. wet. It's scary. It's damp. It's dark. It's nasty. So um, we decided to go in and show the customer exactly how they could fix it. There's really four steps to fixing a crawl space before we get to the structural repairs. And so you really want to address the groundwater seepage first, right? You want to make sure that that area is dry and that we've got a way to evacuate that out of the space. The second is to make sure that we encapsulate that crawl space so that we're isolating the home from the earth, uh, making sure that a lot of that uh, nasty humidity, the odors and the smells are gone. And, and how do you also... do that? Is that like a heavy vinyl or something that goes down? Yeah, we or use what a, is that uh, material? Well, we use a product called Clean Space. It's uh, basically a, a cord reinforced seven layer sandwich um, that's heat sealed together okay, on both okay. sides. So it's a very heavy duty, rip resistant uh, material. Um, we lay that down all over the crawl space and we seal that 360 degrees. The next thing that you would do is you would actually seal off outside air and people tend to think, well, why would you do that? Um, think about the ambient temperature of a crawl space typically is about 57, 58, 60 degrees. Sure. Outside air, um, especially in the summertime, is going to be 75, 80, 90 degrees. Well, when that water, or excuse me, when that air is sucked in from the outside, uh, that's called the stack effect. 
it's really breathing into the space and it's condensing that warm air as it's meeting the cold air and it's starting to form water droplets. Sure. Start to get that organic material breakdown. And so wood starts to rot, mold starts to grow. You get those odors and voila, we've got a recipe for things starting to buckle and break and crack and so on and so forth. And so the last step of that process, the fourth step is going to be to dehumidify or condition the air. And so we uh, place a unit inside it's called our Santa Dry Dehumidification System. Sure. Stick that bad boy in there. And, that'll move. Uh, I, I saw on your website, like 100 pints. Yeah, think of actually, this is how I envision it. It's 300 basketballs of air uh, an hour. All right, and all so right. So that thing is really moving uh, moving some air. And number two, it's drying the air out. So you're getting warm, dry air back into the space. So that's really to solve their their uh, their second they're really in their mind their first problem we really had to take a step back and figure out what's causing it so we can address that so then what did you do so you get the the water problem fixed the water's fixed the space is dry we're not going to have that uh, organic breakdown anymore the second step of that is making sure that we're going back in sistering the joists to start with that were broken and that's again that's kind of step one step two was to reinforce it with steel they actually had um they had joists that were 16 on center but they were longer than a 12-foot span. And so basically what was happening was the wood was actually weaker in the middle. It had been breaking down over the years, deteriorating. It had too long of a span to carry the load above, and that's a perfect recipe for things starting to break and bend and and move, really. So so, you took care of all of that. Ayers did? We were able to structurally support that, encapsulate the crawl space, take care of the water, and actually get the floor back to within about a quarter inch of being level. Um, When the customer was done, uh, it was actually a family that was living there. They couldn't believe the results. In fact, uh, I, I believe the customer actually broke down into tears and told us that, uh, you know, we transformed the home for them. And that's, yeah, that's that, what we enjoy doing for our customers. That's absolutely amazing. So we probably have time maybe for two, for sure for one more. Let's just pick your best one. Okay. I want to talk about one that's uh, right here out of your backyard in Holland, Michigan. So this customer um, ended up calling us because they wanted an egress window to make their basement um, family room really safer and to let in more light. Sure. Um, They also wanted to replace the old windows that were starting to fall apart. And so basically what we did was we came in, we installed brand new windows uh, in the basement, including the egress windows. And not only did this transform um, the area, but it also allowed the customer to find some new problems at the same time. Oh, well, that's, I'm sure they were very appreciative of that. Well, they, they probably were. They were because they <laughs> wanted to know about them, but they weren't because there was a little bit of an additional cost. Yeah. And here's the thing when you work with us, we're going to do a thorough inspection, right? We're going to show you exactly what your problems are exactly why you're having them and then exactly what it'll cost. And so this basement window project really morphed into um, a little bit of a basement waterproofing project. Sure. Because when you deal with a contractor that deals with windows, not a lot of them deal with water. And that's the benefit of having the expertise of the last 43 years of working in basements. We're able to identify, okay, you've got some serious standing water on the outside of the home. If I cut a giant hole in the side of your foundation and stick a window in it and we're not prepared to deal with that water... What do you think is going to happen to the basement, Mr. Homeowner? Yeah, uh, we brought that. Uh, we just brought that up and had a had a really good conversation. So that's what it was. That. It was a potential for a problem. It wasn't a problem that they had going on at that moment. Exactly. And and we started that conversation off with, look, we can we can basically do whatever you want, right? As far as the egress window goes, we're experts at that. 
we install over 500 egress windows a year. So we're really proud of that. The other part that we want to talk about that's a little deeper than that is what could happen if we don't treat this area the same, that, the same way that we would as if you were having a water problem proactively because the last thing that we want to have happen is you finish this space which is exactly what yeah that's where do. you're going with an egress window well and that's the thing if you don't think about the potential for water problems down the road and you install that window you're going to be left with a 40 50 60 thousand dollar tear out just to get started again and so they were really thankful about that conversation um, in that case we actually added a little bit of water guard i think it was around 20 feet we put a sump pump in the corner uh, so what is water guard so water guard is basically our um, our inside solution where we're capturing water. Uh, think of a, you know think of a tubing system that can take water from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. It dumps it into a sump pump and then we mechanically evacuate that from the home. So uh, the solution that we like to think of when installing an egress egress window is hey, we're digging a giant hole next to your house. We're gonna cut a big hole in the side of the foundation. We're gonna install a window. I wonder what's gonna happen when it starts to rain. Right. Water's probably going to pool up underneath there. So we actually will install a tube system that comes through the foundation. It dumps into our water guard system, which alleviates that hydrostatic pressure. The water guard system is inside the house? Exactly. Along the perimeter of the wall? Exactly. And that can be installed under carpet and stuff, like a finished basement? Yep. How does that work? Well, we pull that back. Um, we typically will get into a finished wall, so we'll actually remove parts of the finished wall. We'll put our water guard system in, and we set that up for a subcontractor to come back and finish it back. Uh, and so it looks it. finished, though. Exactly. I don't have a tray around the edge of the room. You've got perfectly fat uh, like flat. Like a water feature, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely not. That's what we're trying to avoid. You actually have perfectly flat uh, concrete when we're done. Okay. A lot of customers say it looks like we were never there. The The only thing that you see when we're done is a little flange along the outside foundation wall that you can tuck up against, uh, you know, your two by fours or whatever you're using to kind of frame off the wall there. All right. So that's what you did in that situation? Yeah, that scenario. So now uh, no problem at all with the water. Well, the customer said, hey, I'm glad you brought this to my attention. We had three other estimates and no other contractor told us that this was even a, a problem that we could have in the future. Um, they were getting ready to finish the basement. That was the next step uh, after the egress window. And they said, gee, I guess we should spend a little bit more money on the front sure. end so that we don't have to spend a ton of money. Oh, the water in the basement. I mean, especially a finished basement. You know, I've talked to people. We've all talked to people who've had that happen, and it's just absolutely horrible, the the work involved, the money involved to get that fixed. Yeah. The thing I want to get across to our listeners today is that if you take a proactive approach to this and you have plans to finish that space in the future, protect it first. Don't make it beautiful and deal with the problems later. Make sure that you deal with a contractor that's willing to do a thorough inspection, be transparent, give you all the different options, and then ultimately partner with you to make a sound decision before you start to finish that space. So what does that inspection process look like? Is that a free inspection that you guys will do? Yeah, it's a free estimate. Listeners just reach out. All you have to do is uh, give us a buzz or you can go to uh, goairs.com and and check us out. You can either get online and submit for a a free appointment or you can just give us a call. Now, I know you do a ton of other things. just real quick. I mean, you got like a few seconds, 30 seconds. Yeah, sure. Hit a few uh, whole, whole home power with generators. We're a Kohler uh, generator dealer and distributor. We do concrete leveling and lifting. Uh, we do flat work. If you want a new driveway, stamp patio, uh, new sidewalk, new garage floor, um, and so many other services. And yet you cling to Ayers Basement Systems as a name. How come? Well, our, uh, our seems inter- like you do so many things. Our internal message is we do everything from the ground down. All right. If you can think of repairs that have to happen from the ground down, 
we're definitely the company to work with. No, it's pretty amazing, all the things that you guys will cover. I, I recommend that any listeners out there, you know, check out the website because, you know, what comes across ACK is you're knowledgeable about what you're, what you're dealing with. You're very open. You guys will come out, look at everything, give us some good info, and let us make a decision. And you cover so many things. I, I really think it's worth checking out. Now, we are on the air in Detroit. We've got a station in Grand Rapids where we're playing, and you've got locations in Grand Rapids. How far will you go? Yeah, I'm really gl- uh, glad that you mentioned that because we're really excited. We're actually moving into the greater Detroit area uh, as we speak. So we're now servicing that area. Um, we're pretty much across the entire state. So if you drew a, a line from the lakeshore all the way to uh, to Detroit, we're working in those areas. And we're really excited to come in and, and give a remarkable contractor experience uh, in that Detroit that Detroit area. So All right, I'd so everywhere. Yeah, okay, good deal. So if our listeners do want to reach out and our listeners anywhere want to reach out, how's yeah. the best way to get in touch with uh, you guys? You can, uh, you can hit us up at goairs.com or you can give us a call at 866-379-1669 and we'd be happy to, to come out and take a look. All right. I'll put all of that in the show notes if people want to check it out. Goairs.com. You got it. A-Y-E-R-S. Goairs.com. Zach Krager from Ayers Basement Systems. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All right. We're going to take a quick break, play some commercials, but when we're back, we'll be talking about a relatively straightforward project that will really amp up the curb appeal of your home. That's all just around the bend. Stay tuned. And we're back. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Haley Johnson. Yeah, Haley, still here. You missed for a last little bit longer, right? You were out for a couple of segments because <laughs> yes. you had some appointments. Apparently, you're pregnant. And you've yeah. got doctor appointments and things like Very that. Very high maintenance right it's now. Pretty crazy, isn't it? <laughs> All the uh, doctor's appointments that you've got, and yes, high maintenance. We had a big event and. Haley organized the event, did all the the thinking parts of things, and you put a bunch of stuff together. But, man, it was an exercise in patience on my part to do my best (laughs) because it was the classic, move this, move that, move this, move it a little further, move it a little more. It's not easy to be a director, though. (laughs) You know, it's very painful for me, too. Oh, man. But you can't get involved and do this stuff, so you've got to direct it. How's it going at home? Uh, Is Jordan just extremely patient about it? He's pretty good about it. I, at home, because it's my own environment, push what I should and shouldn't be doing a little bit more. And he's usually the one being like, what are you doing? Stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I caught you moving something the other day around yeah. here, and I chewed you out for that. But anyway, glad you're here. You're going to be missed when you go. You've got one more week. Yep. We'll have a big extravaganza next yeah. week. The Haley, Haley goodbye. Yeah, yeah, the farewell show. For a while. Yes, right? not forever. Not for permanent. No. So anyway, right now, let's talk about curb appeal. We kind of pitched that at the end of, I did anyway, the last segment. A big curb appeal project that's not terribly difficult to tackle. Yeah, and it's inexpensive, which right. is even better. <laughs> Painting the entire exterior of your home. <laughs> Two coats. No. That's what we recommend. Two oh coats. Oh, my gosh. No, painting is a great way to go. Yes, I mean, of really. Course. That's going to be the ultimate. The biggest. <laughs> curb appeal, you know, upgrade that you can do. We yeah. talked about Element Guard a few weeks ago. We should mention that very quickly here. It's an exterior paint from Benjamin Moore, brand new. You can apply it in temperatures down to 35, which we will never see again until next, you know, later on in the fall. I'm I'm banking on. Let's just cross our I fingers. I do You'll not want to see those temperatures that, but... again. But it can be applied down to those temperatures, but its big claim to fame is that an hour after it's been applied, 
if we receive rain at that point, it's okay. Right. That's unheard of yes. with water-based coatings. Really if you're amazing. doing exterior painting, whether it's a shed or your home or whatever, Element Guard, definitely something to talk to us about in the store. And it's inexpensive. Well, right. Compared to other things out yeah. there. Yeah. Great price point. So many reasons to use it. If you are painting, Element Guard's something you're going to want to look into. Let's talk about something that's not painting, though. A big curb appeal, big change to the home, Mm -hmm. not painting it. Washing it. Washing it. So simple. So, oh my gosh, it does itself, right? Yeah. I mean, you still have to do some. Yes, I was being sarcastic (laughs) because there are people who are thinking. It's not self-washing. We haven't invented that technology yet. but No, but really is quite straightforward and it can make a huge, huge change. I had a story. I've talked about it on the show before several years ago, but really tells the story here. I had a friend who his mom was moving. Sure. And he needed to sell her home. And he had me out there to look at it because he wanted to figure out how much paint he needed because he knew it had to be repainted. Right. Because it looked it was in bad shape outside. The exterior was in bad shape. So I'm looking at it thinking all of the stuff that he thinks are permanent stains Mm -hmm. is just stuff that can be washed off. Mold, mildew, things like that. It's really accumulated. Right. But it can be washed off, I believe. And that's what he you know, that's what we recommended. He was blown away that just washing it could do this change. He did it. Look brand new. The siding looked brand new when he was done. He was blown away. It was one of those almost miracle turnarounds, <laughs> right? you know? Well, we don't really think about it. You know, we don't think about washing our homes, even though we wash our cars, right? Imagine if you never washed your truck, Dan. Yeah. It would look terrible. Whoa. What would that be like? <laughs> or if I only took one shower every two years or yeah. something like Gross. that. Gross. Yeah. I don't want to see think that. Of all the caked on <laughs> junk. Your house feels the same way. Yes. Now, we've got a product at RepCollect. There are a number of products that you can use to clean the house. Yeah. But we've got one. I, I did it on my house in preparation yep, for this you segment tested it. worked really well. Now, what I had on my house, I'm, I'm doing some vinyl siding. Right. The whole house is not vinyl. About half of it is. So I had vinyl siding and I had a fair amount of like mildew stains and stuff. Sure. Some mold and things like that. And you've got a tree over the house, so I'm sure oh, there's some yeah. gunk. Thanks a lot, tree. Yeah. And lots of gunk and stuff like that. So I got Joe Max. Now, the way Joe Max works, I'm not going to go through the mix because nobody's going to remember that. But you add a little bit of Joe Max maybe three quarts of water, a couple of cups of bleach. You do all of this mix okay. in a bucket, pour it into a little garden sprayer. Sure. You don't need to have a power washer for this. Just a little mister. A little mister. Right. A little mister. Like all my kids, <laughs> all the boys were little mister. That's misters. what they call you. Yeah. Anyway, get that in a little garden pump pump sprayer. I sprayed it on. You let it sit for five minutes. The big claim to fame with this stuff is that no scrubbing's necessary. Right. Sprayed it on, let it sit for five minutes and then rinse it off. Now, I just used a garden hose to rinse it off, and yeah, I had absolutely brilliant results. Now, if I had more severe mold, mildew, pollen, things like that, I think scrubbing would be really beneficial. And in fact, even with what I had... Well, I'm sure like the nooks and crannies, you know, like where corners happen and things gather a little bit more and the water can't get in there quite as good. Right. Scrubbing is probably going to help. I had a lot of spider webs in corners, cocoons and things like that, leaves. I scrubbed it. I got a little scrub brush out. The whole thing. I did... Now, I'm only doing maybe a half to a quarter of the house. The part that I did the test was about a quarter of the house, and I did it in 20 total minutes. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, it looks great. Joe Max, I would definitely recommend that. Um, And you said it looked like brand new after you did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely clean. I can run my hand over it (laughs) and completely clean. Definitely check it out. We've got other cleaners we can talk to you about. 
but cleaning the house so really it. can make a huge difference. Ask about it. All right, Haley, that's all the time we've got. We're going to have to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite stores are all open, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.